in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters. Uh, I'm your host for this evening, Hooligan7. I'm joined for a coverage of all things basketball and all the updates with coaches and roster moves by DJ K. Woody, dog slash Duke process and UW Leah. How's everybody still doing this evening? <laughs> doing great. Feeling feeling good i'm on like the highest of sugar highs right now because i just killed this entire thing of tropicana so yeah Damn. and it's already off the rails anyway so you know when it is yeah. what it is yeah. I'm on my for, second, for those that have just i was gonna say i'm on my second line lacroix so no more margaritas no what i'm a solo i i can't i can't do more than one or i'm not gonna be able to function tomorrow buddy just just put it's on five o'clock a moana in the morning you're good i know <laughs> What an elite yeah. movie, elite tier movie, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. Moana. If anyone's one. listening who hasn't watched Moana, you're an embarrassment. Please go watch Moana, and then come back and listen to the podcast. Thank you. And we'll say Thank you're you. welcome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say except you're welcome? That was beautiful. Thank um, you. For those that have just completed. Oh, JCap. Are... Sorry, I thought I'm not muted. But... <laughs> <laughs> for those that have just completed listening to our uh, coverage of the NFL draft and the Pro Dogs and spring football uh, and the random cackling that happened for all of us <laughs> during the course of that episode. Um, Shout out to Hood Husky. We are... Yeah, we're recording this the same evening uh, to cover things basketball. And before we get into all things uh, in the hoops programs, I uh, want to give a big shout out to UW Volleyball and UW Women's Soccer for great runs in the tourney. Uh, gr- you know, keep keep that up. Um, Husky Nation is, is absolutely proud. Uh, men's Soccer, keep it rolling also. <clears throat> I would be remiss uh, without giving a, a big shout out to Brian Boucher for an immediate response in uh, something that I had sent this week with the Jaws graphic um, for fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me get on that. Like, that is exactly what we want out of our athletic department. That's like, what UW like, marketing should look like. Fans want something, he's on it immediately. That is called doing your job. It's better than hashtag awesome. Skoduck, hashtag War Eagle. Oh, yeah. Skoduck. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> so so big thanks for that uh but let's go ahead and just dive into it and we'll start on the men's side of things uh, uh so obviously uh we've uh, had some transition in the coaching staff and dave rice and cameron dollar have left the staff um and uh Wyking jones and uh husky great um and this is one that i'm just super pumped about um quincy pondexter is back on mott lake as an assistant as an assistant coach yep. uh, what do you guys uh, what does everybody think of the hires uh, on the coaching side for men's no, yeah no surprise I'm stoked about Quincy coming back coming home that's a big time hire uh, played seven or eight years in the league Husky legend uh, played four years at UW yeah he's going to get a lot of respect and hopefully bring a lot of knowledge to the program and Viking Jones also, I like that hire, too. He was a head coach at Cal. I mean, obviously, didn't uh, have the the career he wanted at Cal, but still has some experience. And so he's going to be working, working with the bigs, from my understanding, which we we didn't really – we had Cameron Dollar working with the bigs last year, last couple of years. He's a guard in his, like, playing career. So I'm uh, not sure that was, like, the best idea. So, yeah, I'm excited about Viking and, of course, Quincy. Yeah, this, Great hires for you, Dub, and excited for both. 
Yeah, and Wyking coached uh, some pretty good teams at Louisville. So he was, he was part of the 2013 national championship yeah. team. And now uh, he also coached like Terry Rozier, uh, Trez Harrell, and I think uh, Gorgie Deng. So he, he he's churned out some pretty good talent over his time. So I was pretty pleased with that hire. Obviously, Coupon, it's nice to have uh, him back. Um, I mean, we were kind of like rock bottom last year. Doesn't really get much worse than that. Although, to be fair, uh, March Madness demonstrated that some of that might have had to do with the fact that we were playing in the best conference in the country by a mile. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, I guess uh, things are looking up, which is nice because it was kind of hard to see the light last time. Um, DJ and I just kind of got on here and complained for however however long with constant interjections from Hooligan, who was also complaining because it's bad. Um, but, yeah, I, I think finally there's at least a glimmer of hope and now you can look at the roster and say there's some interesting stuff going on there. I think if you look at our, you know, potential starting five, it's not terrible, which is nice. Uh, I think we've made some strides in that area. Uh, roster isn't totally finalized yet, but the transfers that we've added, I do like. And then obviously we got to commit uh, like two weeks ago, so that's that's a positive sign. Yeah, and yeah, should we go into the the new transfers and commits? Yeah, so huge. Huge roster turnover from last year, yeah. which very much needed. Um, Pretty much yeah. whoever you thought yeah. was on the team last year or knew was on the team last year is not. They're not. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> smell, smell you. Smell you later. Yeah, yeah. The only guys were kept: Riley Sorn, not a big surprise. Uh, Nate Roberts, Jamal Bay. Those two are are good keeps. Those those guys are gonna be key. Yep. Yeah. We need those guys. Uh, Dominic Penn. He uh, committed. Halfway through the year, or, I don't know. From what I've heard and what I've seen, you know, wouldn't mind a transfer there. But whatever is still good to have some turnover, I guess. Uh, not have turnover, I mean. Uh, and and then who am I missing? Oh, uh, Cole uh, Bejima. He's he's still with UW. But yeah. 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 Are, am I getting Semeco or is that just me? Yeah, that's you. All right. Is this still? Good? Uh, no, no okay. So I'm just gonna run through real quick, and then uh, dog DP. If you wanna, you can talk about them too. So new guys, we got, so new in. guys we got coming in. We got Tro Brown. We got Tro Brown from Seattle. From Seattle. A lot of these, most of these guys are from Seattle. Yep. Anyways, uh, Anyways uh, played at Seattle U. Uh, Arizona, Arizona for a year. Got Emmett Matthews, uh, six seven eight ish, maybe even taller wing. Played at West Virginia. Started for like a top. I mean, obviously, they didn't make it as far in the tournament, but during the year, the top 12 team throughout the whole year. So that's that's a solid transfer. And then we also... And can play some fucking defense. Yeah, great defense. Great defender. Yep. Uh, and then we got uh, Dejon Davis. Uh, played at Stanford for four years. Got an extra year of eligibility. Averaged over 10 points per game every single year. And he started... Garfield grad right there. Yep. Hometown guy. Exactly. And then uh, Langston Wilson. A little bit. He's the one guy that's not from Seattle. A little bit unheard of, at least if you're like not keeping in touch with the uh, basketball as much. But 46 inch vertical, at six eight, six nine, can get his head above the rim, can shoot a little bit, I guess. Big time uh, need for a big guy to come in. So yeah, I'm super excited about him. Like I didn't really know much about him, but he was like the number two JUCO prospect in the country. And so he he's not a freshman coming in, so he's had some experience, be able to contribute right away, and yeah, feel a big need for a big guy. Yeah, 
but it's, it's going to be a lot different having a player like him. Um, he's really aggressive cutting the rim. Uh, he's a good dunker, solid post play. Jacob, I see you. Um, then on top of that, he can shoot the three, which is nice. Guy who can kind of like that, being able to shoot the three, he'll be able to create his own space. And so he's going to definitely uh, be a benefit in terms of spacing on the offense. Uh, other guys, Terrell Brown averaged 20 at Seattle U and then only like seven at Arizona. So it's questionable as to how much of that was a role thing at Arizona, which is obviously a little bit more more deep than uh, Seattle U is and how much was uh, the whack versus, you know, the best conference in college basketball last year. Um, but I think he can be a pretty good, uh, solid piece. He'll probably start for us. Obviously, Emmett Matthews, uh, he only averaged like eight points last year, but that West Virginia team, like you said, DJ was really good. Uh, so he wasn't really playing a very big role. I could see him easily averaging you know, 12, 13 points, and obviously he's a great defender. Uh, that, that was his strength. I think he has two years of eligibility too, which is nice. Um, I would say that Jackson Grant is probably likely to start. He's pretty good. Um, he can score pretty much any way so he, he can hit a three he can uh, use his feet in the post really good footwork actually if you watch his tape uh pretty pretty solid uh then brown will start and i think jamal bay will probably be the only holdover who actually starts um i i think full, we'll have four transfers and jamal uh then I'll, well i guess jackson grant's not a transfer he's a commit but i i would assume we'll have four new guys and jamal um jamal's obviously a great three-point shooter um, I think he was fifty-one percent from from three this year. And three yeah, he he was nails from three this year. So uh, we're we're gonna be able to shoot threes up and down the lineup, which is pretty interesting given where we've been at in terms of shooting three. You know, a couple of years ago when we had Jaden Isaiah, we had no one who could shoot a three ball that year. Uh, now we're gonna have we're gonna be you know five deep in the starting lineup. Everyone can shoot it. So I think our spacing is gonna be really good. I think uh, Langston is gonna have a big year just cutting. Uh, because we have so much spacing, I think we'll really be able to pound uh, pound teams inside, really grind them down uh, as well. Yeah, I think Marquise Chris uh, with Langston, with that jumping and athletic ability, going to be huge. And, yeah, so the other day, Coupon was on – I'm looking at my notes. Uh, was on the Softy show and was talking about Jamal Bay, and that got me excited because, you know, he was trying – he was also kind of – relating himself to Jamal Bay, how they were both like, you know, pretty good recruits coming to high school. Didn't really show a whole lot their first few years in college, but uh, expecting big things out of his senior year because I was super high on Jamal Bay when he came out of high school. Like, I loved his game. Like, he, his one-on-one -on -one game was nice, and we didn't, we didn't really see that much his first two years in college. But, yeah, this year kind of showed out a little bit that he can, he can do his thing a little bit and then obviously can shoot the ball and – yeah, Coupon was talking him up like he's gonna he's gonna be the guy next year, and and I'm hoping that's true because if he has like the same type of impact that Quincy had his senior year, man, that that'd be huge. And yeah, you're saying Jackson Grant will start? I don't know. I mean, he might like it's it's we got we got. I mean, they have Nate Roberts. They're pretty comfortable with him. He's not yeah. the best, but like you know, like he 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 can re hopefully he can rebound. He's big. You just got to use that that size right and but yeah i mean i think i think dejan's gonna start uh jamal bay is gonna start. oh yeah zoomy oh, sure. yeah yeah yep uh those two are i somehow left Dej dejan's definitely starting yeah. i somehow left him out i don't know why i didn't mention him but yeah those two are starting i'll put emmett matthew starting and i would put 
I'll probably say Robert starts, but yeah, Jackson Grant can come in like he has the ability to shoot it, whereas Robert he'll, he'll definitely get like legit minutes yeah. though. Like he, he's gonna be one of our guys. So he he can he can like spread the floor more than Robert. So that's one thing he has advantage. So I can see that. But yeah, I think the fifth starter could either be, uh, you know, Langston. Maybe if they want to go super size or Terrell Brown. You know, there's also one or two guys that are out there that we haven't talked about. Which, Nolan Hickman. Yep, Nolan Hickman. Let's go. So, uh, I don't know. It sounds like he might go to Gonzaga, but former uh, Kentucky. Boo. Yeah, no. Boo. Gonzaga. Former Kentucky commit from Seattle area, uh, four-star point guard. <clears throat> and there's also another guy, well, two other guys, potential. Well, P.J. Fuller, for one, this is the one. Like, I don't, did he commit yet? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, didn't, he, I didn't see anything. So I from what so. I understand, he's a lock. He's going to be UW. Pretty much a lock, yeah. PCU. 99% yeah. chance. But two other guys outside of that. And, and one Marjan. Marjan Beauchamp. So, uh, yeah, from my understanding is, he, well, he, I know he's playing at Yakima Community College, and he's actually doing a pretty good job out there. And from my understanding is, he's working there to get academically eligible for the – Yeah, it's a, great, it's a grades question with him. Yep, for the next mm-hmm. season – so that's that's why he's playing there right now instead of his senior year of high school. And so, you know, I know he likes you, Dove. And so if he gets eligible, that that can be a huge pickup. And then, uh, oh, shit, I forgot his name. What's the dude from uh, Fresno, the, the big guy that we're talking about earlier? Bryson Williams. Yes, yes, Bryson Williams. Yeah. Yep, he averaged like 15 and 8. And... Six eight, six nine can shoot the three. I guess you'd have looking at him too to come in. So, yeah, that'd be yeah, he's pretty solid. Yeah, we need a big another big man too. I think he's from UTEP, right? Yeah. By way of Fresno State. Or by by way of Fresno. Yeah. The city. Yeah. I I think he transferred after like his sophomore year. Mm. Um, Okay. Yeah, so obviously I zoomed it and left Dejan on my lineup because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'd assume you'll see. Yeah, thanks, thank, thanks for the vote of confidence, Leah. Shaking your head at me it hurts my feelings. I mean, um, it's true. Yeah, stupid, stupid. I know. Um, yeah, so you see Jamal, um, Dejan, um, then Matthews and Langston. Then who starts at center is kind of a question. But yeah, I would agree. It's probably going to end up being Nate Rob. Uh, I just, I'm just pretty high on Jackson oh, Grant. Oh, Nate Rob coming of him. back. Oh, oh yeah, haha. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, in terms of the team we have, I think to shooting is definitely going to be a big upgrade from the last couple of years, uh, which is something that we have lacked recently. I think Matthews. I don't. I, I wouldn't put him at like Matisse level. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, you're not going to find that. But I do think he can be effective in the zone for us. He's not obviously he's not going to be like best defender in the country, but he he'll he'll be pretty good for us. I think when you combine our, our defensive potential with the fact that our whole lineup essentially can shoot threes, I think that it has the chance to be a contending team in the Pac-12. I'm not going to say we're an elite team, but I think there's some potential in the starting lineup to to really compete. Yeah, I mean we have an outside chance. I don't know if it's outside chance, but I think we have a chance to make the tournament next year. I mean, if all things go right, I don't know. I probably wouldn't predict we're a tournament team, but like if if we make it, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Even with Hop as our head coach, but with his new so, assistants and his new guys coming in, then you know, hopefully a change in culture can help with that. I mean, to be fair to Hop, he did make the tournament with Romar's guys, so. <laughs> 
it, it <laughs> his recruiting has been mildly questionable outside of Jaden and Isaiah, I guess, yeah. which was pretty sick. Um, but he he was able to make the tournament uh, with that team. Um, one thing I will say is we kind of touched on this in the last basketball podcast. Um, with Seattle guys, like there's obviously enough talent in the city of Seattle in terms of hoops that we can uh, field a competitive team basically with just Seattle guys. So seeing them specifically target that and kind of go back to the Seattle roots is kind of like a program reset uh, has been really nice to see. So whether we are competing for a tournament spot, which I think is very possible, like I said, or not, it's it's really nice to kind of see kind of that hard, hard reset. Or like, all right, this isn't working. We're going to go back to what we know should work. Uh, because really a lot of these guys should have been on the team in the first place. Like these, mm-hmm. these are all Seattle area guys who should, should have been on the team in the first place. So ending up with them now uh, is really nice to see. And it shows that we're taking the program in that direction, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's the hashtags we use all the time for the, for the in-state guys for football. It's hometown heroes, hometown Huskies. Like there's, I mean, you guys hit it on the head in the last podcast um, where we shouldn't let guys be going you know out of state it's the same for women's basketball it's the same if we have a you know it's the same for baseball if there's good talent in the seattle area or in state like they should be huskies period point blank um anything else that you guys want to add to that in terms of uh you know any rumblings beyond what we've talked about already or or just any additional thoughts to add to to that on on, on the men's hoop side. Yeah, I got a few more thoughts. But first of all, J-Cap, I see you taking pictures over there and the flash coming on even, <laughs> trying to hide it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I want I'll, I want to say a big shout-out to Emmett Matthews. I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, but fucking he's he's promoting UW basketball like none he's other. Oh, my goodness, yeah. all He's like tweeting at other guys to come through like Tari and – Tari should it be should it be a Husky. I think he's going to LSU or whatever, but Tari Easton. But yeah, Emma Matthews, follow him on Twitter. He's it feels like he's been a dog for life, but he's only been a dog for about a month or so. And yeah, he he's promoting the program huge, a hometown hero aspect of it. And yeah, hooligans right. Like we need to we need to keep all these guys home. And these guys should have been dogs. I mean, Dejon Davis was committed to UW at one point and he should have stayed home. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for this team. And with a with a shooting, it's gonna be better. I mean, it's, the shooting's not gonna be elite. They're not gonna be. Oh, I mean, this is high ceiling, but like it's not gonna be Baylor level, but not or Gonzaga or anything like that. But you know, they're gonna be better than we, what we've had, and we're gonna be able to stretch the floor more. And I'm excited about the the Seattle guys coming home and putting on for the city and for UW and. Yeah, I like their social. Already like their social media. I'm hoping we can get one or two of these more Seattle guys coming in. That'll be huge. And not only that for this year coming up, but for the future. Like if you if these younger guys see the kids older than them or the adults now, I guess just say older than them, repping you up and staying home or coming back home, realizing that they might have made a mistake or feel like what's best for them, like they can just. They just commit to UW. Paolo decommit? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, if we had him, like, obviously he's, like, fucking good. He's going to be a top two, three yeah. pick. But, like, his – a big man like that, if we just input him in our lineup, yeah. before we have, that would just be huge. Oh, mm-hmm. And I, I wish we can get him. 
Yeah. Did did we ever go through the Tyler Linhart commit? I don't. I don't know if we did. We did. Did I don't. I don't know. I don't think we broke it down. Um, so I've actually seen uh, him play. I think we touched on the fact that he's out of Kings, but I don't think we ever really went through detail. Uh, I have seen Tyler Linhart play like in person, so I can get a decent breakdown. Uh, he's relatively competent as a three-level scorer. He's six seven, like legit. Uh, can shoot the three. Uh, he's not like a super explosive athlete, um, so he's not as explosive as say like Kispert. Um, but he he can score at all three levels, which is pretty nice in a guy that size. Handles aren't great. Um, his handle definitely can use some work, but his playmaking is pretty solid. Um, for a guy his size, he needs to work on uh, his his lateral movement. Uh, I'd say he classifies as a bit of a tweener, um, uh, where he he's not really athletic enough to defend threes. He's not quite big enough to defend fours. But I think that um, give him a year or two, and I think that his scoring is going to come through. And then defensively, I think he will be able to fit into his own. I, that probably suits him better than a straight up man scheme. Um, so overall, it, it's a solid commitment, and it's better than not taking a high high level recruit out of Kings. She then turns up as a top ten pick in the draft. So I'm I'm not not at all mad about he it. He shouldn't be top ten. Or Kisper, you're talking about right? He 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 might end he up. He might there, be, though. but I mean, he's gonna be great. I think he's gonna be a good NBA player. But what year? Is Tyler C twenty two or twenty three? He's twenty two. Yeah. So at least we got one guy on the board for next year. And shoot, we just got we just got one commit for twenty twenty one. Good old Jackson Grant from my my hometown, Olympia High School. I didn't I didn't go to Olympia High School, but that's the town I'm from. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Hooligan, Leah. You guys got anything else you want to add to? Theta men's discussion. Um, not really. I think you guys are, are following a lot closer than I am. I'm certainly, like I said, I'm super stoked uh, to see the moves. I, I think that it's going to pay. It's already paying dividends with the transfers. I think it, you know, hopefully, it will continue to pay dividends as you guys have talked about with the in-state kids and keeping that Seattle pipeline uh, strong. Um, I think that's probably it on the men's side. I all right, and uh, we're back to talk about the hire of Coach Tina Langley and her awesome, excellent staff. Uh, Dan Tackney, I apologize, Coach, if you're if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Katie Faulkner and Latara Latara King. Latara. I need to double Latara King. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all super excited, but uh, I'll uh, just hand it to Leah to to give her impressions of the the coaching staff and and yeah. the, the whole hiring process, which we didn't I, necessarily have. Yeah. Right hopes for uh, the last time we chatted crazy because the last time we chatted i feel like was three days before uh tina was officially hired and we mentioned her in the last podcast as somebody that we were looking at but it didn't seem like we were going to get her because she had been coming out of rice which is in texas and she is from northern alabama university and she's uh, been the associate head coach at the university of maryland so we thought like you know oklahoma jobs open auburn's open those schools both have deeper pockets than UW. Those schools both value women's basketball more than UW. There's no chance we're going to get this late. She just won the WNIT. There's no chance. So being that she had not had any experience on the West Coast, I looked at her resume and thought, you know, I'm not I'm not loving this. And then when we got her and I took a deep dive on her resume and I was like, this lady actually is legit. She's got experience building up rice which was nothing when she got there and her last three years at rice i think she had something like a 44 and 4 conference record 
that's pretty good. Um, won the WNIT. Um, and then before she was at Rice, she was the associate head coach at the University of Maryland who had gone undefeated in the Big Ten and also had two Final Fours under their belt. Um, so she has experience coaching a lot of kids who are in the WNBA right now. Um, and so she she's coming to Seattle, hot off of turning off or turning around Rice. And uh, Hooligan and I both mentioned in the last pod, like, gosh, like Katie Faulkner is a rising star in the recruiting ranks at in women's basketball. She's at Oregon State under Scotty Ruick. Wouldn't it be nice to have her on staff? We talked about that. At least, I think both of the last pods I've been on, we, we used her name. And so when she was officially hired, we were like, what? We totally called that. It's like, it's like Tina Langley is reading our tweets and listening to our podcasts. We know she is, let's be honest. So I felt pretty good about that. Um, Dan, I'd never heard of, but I like his resume, given that he has coached the NBA. He's kind of based out of uh, the Texas area, it seems like. Um, and then Latara is following Coach Langley over from Rice. Um, and then she's got experience in the recruiting area in Texas. And then she also coached at Florida State. So um, it looks like Tina is casting a wide net nationally with recruiting. And then she's, of course, hired uh, Katie Faulkner, who coached at Oregon State. But also, if you look at Oregon State's roster, they recruit nationally, internationally. They've gotten kids out of the state of Arkansas, Kansas, Texas, East Coast. They're getting kids out of everywhere. And Katie Faulkner is definitely a part of that. So um, all in all, I'm, I think the Pac-12 has been served notice from Tina Langley and her staff that we came to play, we are going to ball, and we are no longer a doormat, and it's not going to take long. I'm absolutely yeah. confident of that. UW is back. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Texas We're is back. Shut up, Yeah, hopefully it turns out a little better than it does when every time Texas says that. I'm, I'm to echo that. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly excited. I think probably my, my for what it's worth, read on the situation certainly with the with the coaching staff. As I'm assuming, Coach Tackney is probably going to be the most on the court performance system, defensive, offensive, coach oriented. Uh, Katie Faulkner was hired as our recruiting cater, recruiting coordinator. She's a very strong recruiter. Um, she's had a hand on a lot of the posts that Oregon State has brought in, including um, Marie Gulick, who um, I believe they beat us for um, in like the final two out of Germany, who was a great, who was a really strong contributor for them for four years. So I'm really encouraged that it that it, it does look like we actually do mean business. Um, and unlike with uh, her predecessor, who I'm not going to spend an inordinate amount of time talking about how bad it was because it was terrible. Um, where we were struggling if we'd never, you know, like I think we got one JUCO transfer period. We've already seen dividends with Coach Langley and her staff that um, that uh, Nancy Mulkey, a 6'9 center from Rice, is uh, is following Coach Langley to UW. Um, Bad transfer. A huge, you know, every bit as big to me is also the fact that, that Haley Van Dyke had, had entered the portal and has announced that she's going to stay in purple and gold. Um, I think those are two really immediate, clear signals that um, the program is going to be able to recruit and is going to be more, much more competitive than it's been, certainly than it was under win for local recruits. And even going back through um, the neighbors era, the Jeff was probably better. June yeah, had Hogan. some wins. And that Langley, is that her name? The 6'9 yeah. girl? She's uh, uh, Mulkey. Mulkey. Is this, 
Mulkey. Yeah, she's gonna. Mulkey, she's Mulkey. a. She's a grad transfer. She is a a sixth year senior because I think she played one year at Oklahoma, three years at Rice, and now she'll finish her career at Washington. So she will have one year of eligibility. The the reason that's so important is that like this is a girl that already knows Coach Langley's system, and so it's so like it's just so crucial to get that girl. She was actually rated by ESPN as the number one ranked uh, person in the portal. Oh, is shit. absolutely a slam dunk to get this kid. Uh, she's going to be the tallest girl by two inches in the whole Pac-12. She led the Conference USA in blocks. I think she had like three or four a game. She was the at least, I think it was two or three-time defensive player of the year in the Conference USA. And granted, that's not a Power 5 conference, but certain skills do translate. And you can't coach 6'9". You're just, you're just no. big. So yeah. um, that's going to be re- it's going to be huge for us. We've we've not had a true post game hooligan since I can't even remember when. This is such big time. And again, I echo Haley Van Dyke coming back. She's our returning leading scorer. Um, she's probably going to have two years of eligibility because of COVID. She she is actually a, a school senior, but she thinks she's got an extra year if she wants it. That's big time too. And then three out of the four recruits that we had of re-verbally committed to Washington and saying, yeah, no, we, we like it. We like the coach. We're going to, we're going to stay. So net, I think we've got a really good situation and um, there's lots of reasons to, for hopefulness and just positive energy on Mount Lake. And I think it's not going to take long for the staff to establish, re-establish Husky women's basketball in the PAC 12 and certainly in the Northwest as a destination program, not only for the school, but for the women's basketball program. Absolutely. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Before, I'm not super familiar with women's basketball as much. Ask but like, a lot of these girls, because obviously with COVID, they get an extra year. Do you know, like, for the most part, are a lot of them planning to use that extra year? Because uh, I know in the men's that, part, they probably aren't. But That's a good question. Yeah. I think, I know, I mean, so one of our uh, school senior kids last year, Missy Peterson, tore her ACL right before the season mm -hmm. so she i would imagine she's going to use her bonus year i don't know about the other two graduating seniors which are alexis griggsby and kayla rooks i don't know i don't think so because i think that would put our roster over 15 kids but i don't know that for a fact and it might mean that we just don't have any walk-ons this year oh darn um because we literally have had to depend on walk-ons to play considerable amount of time which is like no, there's nothing against walk-ons, but in a Power 5 school, you cannot be competitive when you're using walk-ons as your starters. You just yeah, you can't do that. That makes and sense. And I also good. need – I'm not sure what the – like, I know, like, part of the reason, like, you know, it got called out in the spring game with Yogi Roth and Nigel Burton talking about, like, that there's 113 players on the field for UW in football. Yeah. Um, I need to dig into – what the protocols are in terms of what are the allowable kind of margins or boundaries for roster size coming out of these two COVID years and what teams are allowed to quote unquote carry um, as it regards returning seniors. Um, and then the scholarship numbers. I also think that there's still probably some potential uh, there. Rice in particular has another two players that are in the portal that could conceivably end up following coach Langley to UW. Um, I also think with the staff that she's put in place for maybe coaches, you know, players that didn't play for her at Rice, but um, I don't, it certainly to me, it doesn't look like this staff is going to waste a lot of time getting it back to where it could be. So there's still, I mean, I think at last counter, I think the last thing I saw was that there's still 
multiple hundred players that are in the portal currently on the women's in in the game of women's basketball so i I, this roster is not done yet by any stretch of the imagination um i know i've seen that we've already rolled out one offer i believe for a 23 Mm -hmm. um so the the staff has come in and is absolutely getting after it And, and again that's another counterpoint for um from their predecessors who basically didn't start recruiting for three years so yeah dp dp go ahead to touch on as well is Tina Langley's last five years at Rice. I believe the record was 117 and 39 was in the Seattle Times article that I read about it. And that's at Rice. Uh, I don't I don't know if this is a hot take or anything, but I'm pretty sure that Rice does not have the resources UW does. Um, so uh, you, you have to be pretty fired up about the hire, I think. Yeah. Uh, as, as long as she's uh, able with, with her with the staff she set up, as long as she's able yeah. to recruit the area, there's no reason this can't be an elite team in the Pac-12. That's absolutely right. And I think yep. one of the things that one of the criticisms was like, oh well, she's from Rice and she was born in Alabama, so she's only going to be yeah leveraging UW to go back home. And like I said before, Auburn was open. And Oklahoma were open, and both schools, as we well know, have deeper pockets than the University of Washington. So there's no reason to think that she's going to be leveraging UW for a a quote-unquote better gig when clearly education and academics matter to her if she was coaching at Rice, and she was able to get it done winning at Rice with inferior financial support. And so she's been she's been given a very competitive contract at UW. She's getting paid commensurate with the uh, the top quartile of the Pac-12 coaches right now. Um, sh- she's going to stay as long as she's successful. And I think Hooligan and I both believe that that is going to happen, and it's not going to take long. I would say probably by middle of year two, we should see her competing for. Um, the upper echelon, like the top six, and then certainly by late year three, we should see top four. I'm I'm sure of that. Yeah, I'm. I, I think that's absolutely the trajectory that I kind of expect. Um, and I think Leah, you make a great point that I think, I think particularly coming from Rice and the success that she had at a program that has a very high ath- academic standard, um, I think is going to serve the University of Washington very well because that is the case. Like. And I and I and we talked about it in one of the previous episodes how important like the the extra importance where I think like particularly if once we get a handle on um, what that flexibility is with the COVID numbers, um, I think more often than not you would see women's basketball players take advantage of that because the because it's it's in their financial interest that you know that the value of a master's degree you know the work that they could get toward a master's degree or you know there's there's some instances in the women's game where players that have had multiple injuries and ends up with like seven years of eligibility where players leave finally leave a program with not only a master's degree but are on their way to a phd um is a huge value add uh leah anything else on the coaches roster turnover um um I you know obviously we we lost uh, two kids uh, intra conference transfer with immediate eligibility to Colorado and that's Tamia Sadler and Quay Miller, you know, disappointed to see that um, and that happened right before we hired Tina and certainly right before we hired Katie Faulkner, and I I don't think that they would have left had they known what our assistant coaching was staff coming. was going to look like. I I can't I can't promise you that that's true but. If it were me and I saw who the 
uh, whole package deal was going to be with regard to the coaching staff, I would not have bolted for Colorado. Colorado, this is no disrespect to Colorado. The Huskies should beat them twice next year, and it shouldn't be a challenge. So, yeah, that's right. Get out of here. So, yeah. um, you know, we beat them, and the Huskies were not good this year, and we beat them in the Pac-12 tournament. So, um, you know, best of luck to those kids. I hope they do well at Colorado, but I also hope they don't win against Washington ever again. But Colorado. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, we've given you lots of content across two episodes this weekend. Uh, thanks again, and go dogs. Go dogs. Rarf. Rarf. <laughs>